Hello, beautiful people. I will be your host, Krista Martini, and in this podcast, I'll be deep diving into what it means to truly have this human experience and how we can quantum leap into our evolution. In Life Alchemy, I'll be talking with people that I've learned from and encountered on my journey in the full knowing that if you've landed here, there's definitely something in it for you. We talk ritual, healing, energy work, manifesting your dream life, shadow work, and a whole lot more. So grab a beverage and get comfy because we're about to begin. Hello, beautiful hearts. Welcome back to another episode of the Life Alchemy podcast. Episode six. Wow, it feels like I just started doing this, but it also feels like I've been doing this forever. It's a really weird timing warp I feel like I'm in. Speaking of timing, I wanted to talk a little bit about the timing of these episodes. If you follow the Life Alchemy Instagram, you've probably read something similar, or if you follow me. But I did want to just present it in this space as well for anyone that hasn't. So something I realized is that I like to play in the extremes (laughs) and I'm going to use an analogy that was gifted to me by Paisley from episode three on integration. It's like we have this internal pendulum and it swings sometimes a little too far to one side. And in order for that to come back into balance, into center, it has to swing too far to the other side first. And so... I felt with this podcast, I was really in a state of force rather than a state of flow. I was rushing through the episodes and getting them out and done and the energy just didn't feel good around them. And honestly, there's two or three episodes that I have recorded that I won't be putting out because they either need more work or they just didn't flow the way I would have liked to because I rushed through. I didn't do my prep. And there's a lot of self-pressure with creations. But my whole premise for this podcast is to listen to your heart and to follow your truth and honor your magic. So because I will not put anything out that I'm not 100% behind, I was finding these parameters and rules that I set myself super restrictive and I did try them but unfortunately it doesn't always work and I'm very much a person of my word so it was really hard for me to change that up or not stick to what I initially wanted to do with the weekly episodes but over some time and a lot of surrender and some pivoting I have lent into being okay with delays because it means that I get to bring you what I'm truly excited about bringing you and I get to take the time to do that. I have had a few people messaging me asking when the next episode is coming out and usually I feel like that would have stressed me out but I really can only be grateful that you're here and you're listening So I just wanted to shout out and say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really do appreciate it. So let's talk about this episode. 
it is a little bit lighter. Uh, I had been wanting to do it for quite some time. I wanted to team up with this specific person in the wealth paradigm space because when we connected on Instagram a while back, it was just so clear that we were pulling on the same thread. And I love when this happens. So I'm super grateful it happens quite often. In fact, an example of this that's happened recently that I would love to share because I'm still kind of buzzing about it, honestly, is I was speaking with Elise from Mad Law, who did episode five with me. And I was mentioning to her how I was looking into something that she mentioned in that episode uh, when she was talking about spagyrics, if anyone was curious. And she gave me this podcast episode to listen to. So I listened to that the next day and no joke, I think I cried three times in that just because my body was having such a profound and intense reaction to the information that was being downloaded. It was like such a deep resonance and remembering. So I shared that with Elise and we messaged and voice noted back and forth. And I mentioned I had enrolled into a short course and she told me about a book that she just started reading. And so it turns out that the book and the course that we both independently found on our own with no discussion to each other are by the same person. So you see what I mean here? Same thread. It's fucking magic. So getting into a bit about this episode, as I mentioned, I had been doing wanting to do it for quite some time. And pretty much what we'll be doing in this conversation is riffing on money stories and money mindset and wealth consciousness and everything that comes along with that. I'm also bringing in some of these things that I mentioned in the intro, ritual, manifestation, living your dream life. This is what it's all about. And I know that bringing this babe on will be so much fun and I'm really excited to get into it. But I did quickly just want to plug my guest a little bit because that's what we do here. So Sari wears many hats, entrepreneur, web developer, photographer, branding guru, coach. There's, there's more. Essentially, though, what Sari does is uses the power of energetics and subconscious reconditioning to work through all these beliefs and stories that keep us playing small. We get into this a bit deeper in the episode, so I won't do it here. But what I would love to do is just give you a bit of a rundown on what we discuss in this episode, which I haven't done before, but I'm really feeling called to give you a taste because there's so much juiciness in this conversation. And just so you are aware, I've had to split this into two parts because simply we had a two hour conversation and it would have been a lot to digest in one go. And I don't want to do that to you, babes. So we start off talking about Sari's spiritual emergency and how it 
pretty much led to the life that they're now living. We talk about how material wealth means nothing if your soul isn't fulfilled. And you'll hear a little bit on our similar experiences with our journeys and also just with patterns of behavior that weren't serving us and how that kind of eradicated itself. We go into how trust and leaps of faith are often the building blocks for living the life of your dreams and the wisdom our bodies hold to guide us and how trusting that call can lead to everything that we didn't know we wanted. We also go into how the spiral revolutionizes lives, including both of our own, and that how being a student of life sets you up to learn, evolve, pivot, and lead. I talk about how failures aren't really failures. Really, they are just more of a redirection or realignment. And we also talk a little bit about the spiritual community and the bullshit money stories that circulate. I tell a story about past me and how if I didn't want more, if I didn't admit that, if I didn't acknowledge it, then I couldn't fail. And how abundance is so much deeper than just money. We also discuss how this work And self-mastery is an ongoing, continuous process. And how if you're wanting to manifest something, you need to get really clear on what it is you actually want. Sari goes into a little bit about the eight-old adage of how happiness really is an inside job. And we talk about how awareness is key and changing your thought patterns is such a big part of this work. We also delve really far into money stories and talk about some of ours that we've previously had and worked through and how money work ties into every aspect of life. Further to this, we talk about how we really do create our own realities and we go into a bit about languaging and vibration and its part in manifestation. I also talk a little bit on how when you're doing your purpose work, it's a remembering that has no qualification. Now, there probably is a whole lot more that I do, that we do talk about in this episode. There's definitely tips, tricks and rituals littered throughout this whole two-part episode. And I did just want to talk about one more thing. And that's how treating money like a possessive lover is such a common but toxic relationship that does not serve us to call in more abundance. So if that hasn't enticed you, I'm not sure I can, but I really recommend listening to these episodes and stay tuned. The second part will be out shortly. I will get it out to you as soon as I can. I just have a couple of minor editing problems I've run into, but I will sort that all out. This is the longest intro I've done, but I really felt like it was necessary and I felt called to just talk a little bit about 
the episode and leading up to it. So I trust that you're going to get so many nuggets of gold from this. I will not keep you any longer. Here is our conversation. Welcome, my love. I'm so happy to have you on. And I'm so glad that we finally get to do this. Um, So just to start, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a little bit about the journey that it took you to come to be where you're at? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And yeah, it's awesome that we can finally do this. So my name is Sari and I do work. I've been working in, I guess, the spiritual coaching industry for about the last two and a bit years. And I do web design, I do branding and I do one-on-one coaching, working with business and branding consultation and also with wealth clear work so I started doing I guess it's like my journey over the last two years has been really interesting I kind of had have you ever heard of the expression like a spiritual emergency Mm, no I've heard of awakening yeah kind of like an awakening I guess that's maybe just I think spiritual emergency is more like how they put it in like psychological terms I don't know but I had, I guess, yeah, an awakening in, I would say mid 2017. And I, up until that point, I'd been running my own business. So I'd been running a sales and marketing company since I was like 23. So I'm 28 now. And I started running the sales and marketing company and I was running it for a few years. And I got to this point where I was making really good amounts of money you know I was maybe making five thousand dollars Australian a week I had a team of staff anywhere between 10 to 20 staff at a time I bought like a BMW I was living in a lush house and on the outside my life looked like it was you know peachy Mm -hmm. but on the inside I was literally low-key dying hey I was just like so unhappy so anxious questioning like what am I doing with my life something just doesn't feel right I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and at the same time I was also used to smoke a lot of weed and I would drink alcohol and I would just you know bypass or dissociate from how I was feeling through partying and basically doing anything I could to distract myself whether it was work parties whatever but I got to this point in the middle of 2017 where I had a full mental breakdown I literally couldn't get out of bed for I can't even remember like maybe a month or two months and in this time I'd never like I I definitely grew up in a home that encouraged spirituality encouraged you know if if you want to be religious like if you want to believe in God or you want to go to church you know if that feels good for you do that if you want to have a take a more spiritual path like do that so I was blessed to grow up in a home that was very open to whatever I kind of wanted to do but I'd never really been very you know spiritual per se but this was the first time that I kind of I started to have feelings and see things and uh, like view the world in a way that I was like I don't understand this like what's happening and after I kind of got through this really hard month where I just was like literally like full purge like laying in bed sweating I was like vomiting, I was purging, I was like seeing things, I was having weird dreams, weird thoughts. And I finally got out of this maybe a month later and I was just like, my life has to 
drastically change but it was like it wasn't even a choice anymore it was just like this this is it this is the there's a new reality mm. and I started acting in ways that I like didn't understand or didn't recognize like I went to smoke weed and a voice in my head was like oh what are you doing that doesn't serve you mm. and I was like mm, okay and I remember at the time thinking is that the voice of Jesus? <laughs> um, to this day, I'm not sure who it was. I think he's probably my higher self, but maybe Jesus is my higher self. I don't know. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I started doing things like I would start going running again and exercising. Um, I started eating a vegan diet. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I stopped partying. I started reading all of these personal development books, and a book that was very, very pivotal for me at the time. It's called Count Your Blessings and it's by Dr. Demartini. Mm -hmm. And I can't even remember what specifically he says in that book, but I just remember thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I know that this is not it. I don't know how I'm going to make money, how I'm going to survive, how I'm going to, you know, what it's going to look like. I just know that right now, the way it is, this is not it and I have to change this. And so... I closed down my company, packed up my house, sold all of my things, moved back in with my parents for a few weeks. And then I went to Bali for two weeks for my dad's birthday. And while I was there, I remember I just, like my intention going there was to kind of find myself, I guess, or like realize, okay, what's next? What am I gonna do? I don't own a company anymore. I don't have a source of income right now. I've got savings that I, you know, can fall back on until they run out. But right now I just, I don't, I don't want to be a salesperson anymore or a company director or anything. Mm. And I remember scrolling Instagram. I saw this ad pop up for a yoga teacher training mm. and I looked at it and I just had a full bodied feeling. That's what you're mm. supposed to do. And it was hilarious because I'd never done a yoga class in my entire life. Mm. I'd done a few yoga exercises when I was a, a dancer at ballet school when I was like 18 I hated it I was like oh this is awful and so I told my parents I was like I'm going to become a yoga teacher so luckily for me they're super supportive and I also come from a very athletic background so they're like yeah go get it you'll be fine like that sounds awesome so I signed up and six weeks later off I went to India and did my yoga teacher training and that's I guess where I kind of my spiritual immersion in that whole world started and I was just so like hungry you know hungry to learn and to implement and to evolve and transform myself and I started teaching yoga I then moved to Bali and it's kind of the first time that I really worked with manifestation without having anything to fall back on mm. so when I ran my sales company I would always set myself a target okay this week I want to make x amount of sales or x amount of dollars and I would always hit whatever I set, I would always, always get there. And everybody else in the industry would like, how? You've had no sales training. You're new to the industry. How on earth do you do that? And I'd just be like, I don't know. Just, like, I just decide and then it happens. But I didn't really understand it. Mm. And then when I got to Bali, I was like, I'm going to become a yoga teacher. A few of my friends have been living there for a few years. And they were like, oh, okay, well, like, yeah, that's an awesome goal. But like, do you understand how many hundreds of people move here every year and want to become a yoga teacher? It's like such a saturated market and it's like just about impossible to get a yoga teaching job. 
And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm just, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm also going to teach private lessons. And literally within a week, I had, I think, four job offers. And I was, I'd already taught, I think, two private lessons to clients. And everyone was like, again, like, how did you do that? Like, I've been trying to get a yoga teaching job here for like ever. And you don't even have a work visa. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it started me really going, oh, this manifestation stuff. Okay. I don't really understand it, but like kind of seems to work. Cool. And while I was in Bali, I connected with my now best friend and started like speaking to her about this kind of stuff because she was into it too. And she'd just done a training to become a spiral prac. And I did the spiral with her, mm-hmm. which literally revolutionized everything, right? Changed uh-huh. everything. Yeah. And from there, it's just like, again, I was just, I would even say I still am now. Like I'm just somebody who's just hungry to learn. I just want to learn and evolve and transform all the time. And so I started doing like, I did, went through the spiral then I, came across wild grace and I went started going to wild grace trainings and learning all of that and embodiment and trauma release. I did another yoga teacher training and did like Kundalini and everything like that. Then I moved to the blue mountains in New South Wales and I was like, okay. Oh, and I'd also done a Reiki. I did my Reiki master training as well while I was in India. And so I had all of these really cool tools and everything that I was like, cool, I could teach yoga, I could do embodiment, I could work with clients one-on-one doing, you know, trauma stuff. And then it was like, oh, okay, but I need like an online presence, which is not really something I've done before because in the past when I had a company or had a business, it was all face-to-face. And so that's kind of what brought me into like the web design and branding stuff Mm. because I was like, oh, well, how much does it cost to get a website built? thousands of dollars I can't really afford that I'm going to teach myself Mm -hmm. and so I kind of embarked on that and started learning how to do it and then realized I was like hey I actually really like this Mm -hmm. and then had a few people reach out to me hey can you build me a website and I was like sure okay Mm -hmm. and did a few websites for you know clients and it just kind of expanded from there and then it kind of got me to the point where the biggest struggle that I had was being in debt I had a credit card and so like I'd used up all of my savings and then I had a credit card that I think maxed out at 15,000 Australian and I was constantly like just below maxing it out you know I'd, I'd be up at like 13,000 and then I'd like pay it off a little bit I'd be like back up to 12 and then pay it off a little bit and so debt I would say 2019 for me was just debt it was like the bane of my existence was like trying to work on my business and you know, introduce new clients and work with different modalities. But then in the back of my head all the time was just this debt. It was just like every bit of profit I made in my business was just eating my profit. And I was like earning interest on the debt. And I just started to get into a bit of a hole about it and was like, what the heck? I feel like I should know how to run a business. And I've got all of these tools and I've changed so much. But like, what is going on? Why? Like money, I never used to have an issue with money. What is like, what is this? And I started looking around in the spiritual world and started seeing like, it seems to be like a thing that a lot of spiritual, you know, healers and artists and creatives, they seem to have this kind of broke mentality and, you know, and so does the world at large, obviously, but it seems to be a bit of a, a thing. 
And I was like, I don't want to subscribe to that. I don't want to be a part of that. And so I was already like almost maxed my credit card out. So I was like, well, you know what? What the fuck does it matter? I'm just going to max it all the way. And I bought a course or like invested in a program with one of my mentors who is all about wealth consciousness work and her life is a testament to the work that she does. So I started working with her and really put in a lot of work. And like over last year as well, I even ended up coming back to Australia because I was like, no, nah, I just want to get this debt sorted out. And that was where everything wealth wise shifted for me was like investing in, in doing wealth consciousness work and like deep subconscious repatterning and looking at like childhood trauma and your money story and like even ancestral stuff. And within like six months, I'd paid off all of the debt that I had been working on for like two years, right, to pay this off. Actually, it was less than six months. I would say it was like three months because it was a three-month program. So, yeah, and then last year I was just suddenly like, once I'd paid it off, it was like a full activation and then kept working and ended up having money in my bank account, like more money than I'd had in my bank account for years. And then this year has been all about investing. Like, what am I going to invest that money into? And so now I'm investing in cryptocurrency and looking into stocks and shares and purchasing property and, you know, a range of different things. And it's like, if I look back at my, my life two years ago, in 2019 I could never have imagined that I'd be where I am now because I couldn't see how to do it mm. but like now it's like yeah but if you just do that work you know if you do the clearing and you do the deep work you can get there yeah so I feel like that was kind of a long intro but I felt like it was important to kind of share no yeah for there. sure I think, it is, and you know, you bring up a lot of things that I think are going to unfold in in this conversation. So that's really good. Um, mm. I think you know what comes up for me is it, it's similar in my story, and you know, I used to smoke a lot of weed, and I used to use alcohol as a numbing agent and an escape. Yeah. Over the last sort of six months, that's just completely shifted with no intention of mine. It just, it just, it, I was saying to a friend last night or the other night. It feels like that tendency, that story has literally just been mm-hmm. out of my body and it's just not a part of me anymore. Um, yeah. You, know, uh, yeah. you hear these stories, it's, it's the same sort of thing. You know, you start going down this path and something just takes over and starts guiding. Yeah. And, you know, throughout your, your whole story there, what I'm hearing a lot of is how fucking important it is to just trust that intuition and trust yourself. And like mm-hmm. it's a piece to me that I'm like really, you know, kind of harping on because it's like it's the thing between between like make or break. Like you're either gonna do it or you're not. And when you start trusting that and like pulling that thread and following it, it's just everything opens up, but you're not gonna always know where it comes from or where it's going. And you just have to like sit in that surrender and trust and be okay with always learning like you know you've continued to educate yourself and look into new things and that's such an important place to be in and be comfortable in because I know myself you know I've struggled with being a beginner not knowing things like I'm an Aries and I like to know everything straight away and Mm -hmm. just not fucking reality um so I've really been good at being a beginner and not 
being and being okay with like failing but not failing but you know that kind of not it not working out how I initially wanted it to but also then being able to just learn from it and see it as you know it's a blessing it's not a failure it's never a failure it's just a redirection realignment ah I love that yes Mm. so true Mm. and sometimes it's like the redirection that changes everything right oh absolutely it's like I just I when we were um speaking I remember the conversation that we had when we first started to chat um, and I was like in a really like deep integration like space. Um, but it was all about what you were saying about the spiritual community. And it's not even limited to that, but there's a big, there's a big part of it has these shitty stigmas attached to money and wanting money. Yeah. As if, you know, the, the money's the root of all evil and money's bad. And if you want a lot of money, you're selfish or greedy. Mm. If you have it, you're a bad person. It's like yeah. it's bullshit. <laughs> and I really want totally. to like, get that out of here today. Um, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that that conversation was the catalyst for really getting into this and doing this episode. And I remember you asked me something about whether there's actually people that don't want more money. And I don't remember what I said. It was something, you know, along the lines of that. I don't really think I've ever met a person that genuinely wouldn't want more money. Like if someone Mm -hmm. was an opportunity, no strings attached to be gifted a hundred grand, who would say thanks, but no thanks, nobody. So if you're sitting there listening, thinking, you know, yeah, I wouldn't want to, I really just like would love to know why, because I am 99.9% sure that that's just a story that you're playing out. And the reason I can say that is because I was like in that space in the past, you know, I went through that like broke hippie stage that you refer to and where I felt like I didn't need or want more like money or things. And then I did all this work and I can see that that was just a fucking story and I was letting that play out. And the thing I said that night that ended up being more profound than I had intended was that if I didn't want more, I couldn't fail. And so like it shows there was no trust, you know, there's no, there was no trust in what was coming up. But I see now that that wasn't my truth. That was never my truth. Like, uh, of course I wanted more. I wanted to travel and I would have loved to be able to travel as much as I did, but still had mon- have money because, you know, I worked and then everything I had and earned went towards that. So I had no life outside of when I was traveling. You know, I worked shitty jobs I didn't like to, to enable me to do those things I wanted to do. But if I wanted more, you know, needed more, admitting that meant I could fail. And like, I was not about that. So I didn't even try. Um, so yeah, like now I call past, I call bullshit on past Krista, um, like, you know, fast forward <laughs> seven or eight years and here I am. And I'm like, I was just saying, you know, freshly okay with being a beginner at something. And I've realized and accepted that the most prominent successful people have that one thing in common that they can become students of life and they're forever learning and evolving and pivoting. And that's like, it's such a big part of it that is often missed um and you know now I can say like I do want more I want abundance on all levels and it's not just financial you know I desire abundance of love and opportunities and of choice and friendship and it goes so Mm. much deeper than just currency like just money um and I want to quote you here because I feel like it's fitting in relation to what I just shared and I love Mm. this by the way you said, even if I don't know what I'm doing, I have to trust that the universe will provide and something will come to me. 
So just mm. it perfectly sums up, you know, what we've just been saying. Um, so I would love to know if there's any specifics on how you got to that point and how you got to just trust in what you were doing and in yourself. Wow, that's an awesome question. I feel like the honest answer is it's an ongoing process. It's mm -hmm. still, you know, I still have periods and moments where I find myself going, you know, now I'm, since I've done a lot of embodiment work, I really ask my body and I really tend to rely a lot on like what the feeling physically and emotionally and even energetically is in my body around say whatever the thing is and I sometimes find my body contracting and and feeling like this fear or anxiety or uncertainty around how it's going to play out what it's going to look like uh, a good example actually at the moment is the lease on my current apartment ends in about six weeks and I've asked the landlord if I can extend and she's not given me an answer yet and kind of was a little bit unsure when she was talking to me about it. And so there's the chance that maybe I'll have to move house in a couple of weeks. And mm. I really, I don't actually want to because I love living here. And so there's been moments where I've found myself contracting and, oh, you know, what if I have to move house? Where am I going to move? What's it going to look like? How's it going to play out? I'm too busy to move house right now. I'm like at university and I'm working full time in my business, la, la, la. But then coming back into a place of just trust. If you're meant to move house, it just means there's something even better for you mm. and that you're ready for it. And that's when I really rely on using different tools and especially journaling. I would say that is or has been one of the number one most powerful things that I have implemented is creation journaling or manifestation journaling. So journaling as though the thing that I desire or that I desire to be is already in existence and having gratitude for that. And so practically what that looks like is I'm so grateful that when I moved house, I was just absolutely blown away by how effortlessly it all fell together. I'm so grateful that my new apartment is even more beautiful than my last one, even more beautiful than I could have imagined, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then getting really clear on, well, yeah, okay, so what does it look like? How many bedrooms does it have? Does it overlook the ocean or the river or et cetera? And doing that, I even can look back on past journals and past entries where I, even for example, the house that I'm in now, I literally journaled this place into existence for, mm -hmm. I would say about 12 months. Mm -hmm. When I was still living in Bali at the beginning of last year, so February, 2020, I was at a point where I was living in a beautiful villa, sharing with two of my good friends and just got to the point where I was like, mm, I think, I feel like it's time for me to live alone again. I think I'm, I'm ready to have my own place. And so I started journaling. What would my place look like? Like, how would it feel? What would I be surrounded by? And then I was kind of sort of unexpectedly brought back to Australia with the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. And I was back in Perth and I was like, oh my gosh, I left Perth three years ago and I thought I was not really ever going to come back and live here. And now here I am stuck and I didn't have my visa organized. So I couldn't go back to Bali. The borders were shut. 
and the universe was just obviously being like, no, you know what? This is the place you're meant to be right now. And I fought and I struggled and I raged about it for months mm -hmm. <laughs> and was very displeased. And then I got to this point where I was like, well, same thing. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I don't want to feel like this anymore. So it's time to embrace that I now live in Australia and that's just my reality. And now it's just time to turn it into a fucking epic reality. And so, yeah, I wish I was living back in Bali, but I'm going to bring Bali here. I'm going to create a Bali style life here. And so I journaled and I journaled, what do I have in Bali that I don't have here? How does it feel in Bali? What kind of things like, and you know, there were things like in Bali, I just, life is so simple. I just go outside, I jump on a motorbike and I just ride wherever I want. There's beautiful cafes. I live close to the beach and I can go surfing. You know, my apartment is like a jungle outside, all of these things. And fast forward to December last year, where I was living in my new apartment and it literally looks like it's been dropped straight out of the sky from Bali into Perth. There's a jungle outside. The walls are all limestone. It's filled with light and indoor plants. Everybody who walks in here is like, whoa, I feel like I'm in Bali. Even the furniture and everything. I went and got my motorcycle license and I bought a motorcycle here that's parked at my front door. So whenever I want to go somewhere, I just jump on my bike and I ride into town. Where I live is like full of amazing cafes and I have a five minute walk to the beach and I can surf. And it's like, I literally created this life. And yes, I did clearing and yes, I did embodiment. But the first thing I did was journaled. I just got really clear about what do I want it to look like and feel like. And then I journaled that as though I already had it. And now literally a year later, I have exactly, well, I mean, I started journaling, I would say six months ago about this. So six months later, I have exactly that and my business is so abundant and I have money in investments and my bank account, you know, and it's like mind blowing how much can change in such a short period of time. But I'm so grateful that I have XYZ and now I'm like, I literally have XYZ. How fucking cool is that? Mm. Yeah. It's like, Creation journaling is very similar to scripting. It's basically scripting, but it's a it's an ongoing practice. Okay. Um, and like I I I I do both. I create and journal every day, but I also um did a lot of scripting in the past. And I hundred percent um like manifested my current house um within a matter yes. of like less than six months. And mm. it was intentional, but at the same time you don't realize it and then you're like going back and you're ticking off all these you know points that you had in mm -hmm. it like, holy fuck <laughs> like I did yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's so powerful um and something you, um, um oh sorry no you're good um what I was gonna say is there's so many similarities in our stories because I mm. very 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 long time really didn't want to be in Australia and I moved around a lot mm. and I spent you know on and off for seven years I was pretty much half living in LA and desperately wanted to move and it was so hard and I finally was just like I have to just make the life that I want here this is where I am I have to you know accept that and then make the most of it and it's like what you were saying you know you just figure out what things that you're 
you're desiring and you're lacking yeah. just you create them around you you step into that version that already has that and it's a little bit like increment yeah. increment um but it all compounds and then creates this reality and then you know you realize and you're like oh you know this this stuff works totally yeah and it's like I spent so many years similar to you you know running running away I would say from facing the fact that I just needed to you know how like so many spiritual teachers and books and stuff talk about you know finding happiness within yourself and I feel like I spent so many years running away and I I literally had a period I think over the last four years where I would literally not just move house, but generally move country every four months. So I would spend four months somewhere, but not consciously. I wouldn't get to the four month mark and go, oh, it's time to go. It's just like, it would just happen. And I would end up moving to, like I moved to the East Coast, like I mentioned, of Australia. And then I was there and then I was there for three months and I was like, oh, no, go back to India. I was in India for a few months and then, oh, back to the East Coast and blah, blah, blah. And it was And I kept, you know, asking myself, like, why can't I, like, sort out my finances? Why can't I get my business just going to this point where consistently every month I make enough money that I can, you know, live the lifestyle that I desire? Mm. And then it wasn't until I was forced to stay in Australia. And once I'd been through this real, I would say, like a very Phoenix moment of really going into a dark place again similar to 2017 and I just came out of that and was like man I just have to know that this is happening for me and for the best Mm -hmm. and then just staying put there's so much to be said for being grounded and and being in this place and now it's like oh wow okay so now look at all of these things that I've been wanting this whole time and I have them here of all places how random is that but just creating it you know yeah and money gives us choices um yes and what you said about well which is pretty much the the general theme is like life happens through us not to us it's our Mm. external world reflect that internal world and when we're not aware of what we're feeling what we're doing how we're speaking what we're thinking how can we be accountable for it you know it's like like need for radical accountability on what we're creating and what we're allowing and that's a really um, big piece I feel that you know awareness is always the first step it's by no means it but it is very very important but Mm. it it takes time it's not something that it's not like a flick um, a flip of a switch you know Uh, it takes practice on being keep maintaining that awareness um but then when you do you can work with it and you can figure out why certain things are happening you can identify those patterns and like limiting beliefs and all that sort of stuff and it's funny because it has this like money work has this curious way of tying in to every aspect of your life when you oh yes yeah like when you start unpacking your money shit so many layers start coming away there's worthiness stuff and like mindset patterns and it just ripples through everything and what I feel is it you find the truth you find your truth and that's really the only way forward in this work and any other you know work you might choose to do without that there's 
I just, yeah, I feel like that you're always going to be in paralyzed will. Um, yes. So I feel like going into mm. maybe what, well, this is like probably one of the first steps that's required when you okay. start doing this work and that's you know identifying your, your money stories and your beliefs and patterns around that um I know for me when I first started looking at this stuff it was really hard for me to figure out what stories I'd been playing out um so maybe to help anyone listening who hasn't done any of this work I'd love for you to share some of your old money stories with us and I'll give you a few of mine sure. as well um but just yeah like I really just want to preface it it's you, you can't do this without holding the awareness. So that's probably like a pre-step to doing this. Yes. Um, and it's a muscle. You've got to build that. Um, and like mm. not the answer, but it's a step in the right direction. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's bring some awareness into what some common stories are that we come across most often and then, yeah, have unpacked for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I want to follow your preface with my own, which is that, when we're identifying this it's it's essentially the thoughts and the beliefs that we're holding in our minds and our bodies and something that I say to all of my clients is you know a belief is something that you believe right and and when you believe it enough it becomes true and so you know probably everybody listening has heard the expression a self-fulfilling prophecy where because you've believed something so strongly whether that thing is good bad or neutral it's become true but when you kind of scale that back and you look at like what actually is a belief a belief is just a thought that you think over and over and over again Mm. and you think it so many times that it becomes a belief Mm. and so without having necessarily tools like what you and I both have it's possible to literally change your beliefs by changing your thoughts and I feel like you know a lot of very you know, renowned authors and public figures talk about this, you know, like even if anybody's read The Power of Now, he talks a lot about that, like changing your thoughts. And so I feel like on that note, some of some of the beliefs that, oh, that I have had in the past, one of the biggest ones for me that was so deeply ingrained was that you have to work hard to have mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And And that time is money. I remember when I was running my company, I literally used to hear myself saying to my staff when I would be, you know, hustling them like, come on, come on, people, let's go. Time is money. And, you know, I said that constantly. So I wasn't just reconditioning myself, but I was conditioning my staff to believe that time is money, despite the fact that we used to prove every single day that that's not actually true because my staff worked in the commission-only sales role Mm. and literally would go out and make two sales in half an hour and they would have made $500 and they'd give me a call, oh, hey, sorry, can I go home now? And I'd be like, yeah, all right, see you later. Mm. And so it's literally proof that time is not money. But yet it's something that I was deeply ingrained to believe or even when I started doing web design, I was trying to work out my pricing. Like, how am I going to charge people like for a website? I looked around at different people in the industry. And, you know, if anybody listening has ever looked at building a website, you'll know that prices are just, there doesn't seem to be a common price. They're just all over the place, depending on what you get, who you work with, et cetera. And so then I was like, oh, okay, I should just work out how much I want to get paid per hour. 
and then base it off that. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, but then it's like the same thing that I'm going, oh, okay, if I want to get paid $100 an hour and it's going to take me 20 hours, so I need to pay, uh, get somebody to pay $2,000 for this. Oh, but I feel like my work is worth more than that. I feel like I want to get paid three grand for that. And so in the end, I was, again, it just kind of reiterated to me that, you know, that's not true. It's like, how much do I believe this is worth? And, you know, both of us having a lot of experience with spiral is like, and that's where our muscle test, how much am I going to charge for this? Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, actually this website, I've just built a website over two days for somebody. And it was the first time that I've ever timed myself to build a website. And I was just curious, like how long actually is this going to take me so I can work out if I did have an hourly rate, what actually would it be? Mm. And I worked it out and it, and it worked out that I would get paid about a hundred dollars an hour. And at first I was like, Oh, a hundred dollars an hour. I feel like that's not, that's not much because when I work privately with clients one-on-one, I get, you know, I charge anywhere between 180 to 250. Mm. But then I was like, yeah, but does it matter? Are you having fun? Like it's like the same thing with these like values and what we value. So I feel like they would have to be two of my biggest, biggest ones. Time is money and you have to work hard to mm. make money. And I believe in working hard. Yes. In certain aspects, but I believe working smart is yes. far more effective Absolutely. What are some of your what are some of your beliefs? Yes, yeah. I just want to touch on a couple of things that you mentioned. So mm. you talked about your beliefs, and I, I don't know if I've said it before in, an, in another episode, but it's something I like to sort of drill home. Is we think of um, beliefs being that uh, like coming from our experiences, when in fact it's actually the other way around the experiences come from our inherent beliefs. And so we've been taught, you know, this is backwards what we've been taught. And when we, you know, you start going into into this kind of work, it it really shows you. And it's so evident when you really just start, it's something that you can do so simply and it just changes and then you can't really deny it. Um, But yeah, definitely it's not, we don't believe something because it's been proven. It happens far before then. It's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. It's such a vibrational thing as well, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're in what the vibration that you're in is what you're going to attract. And I, you know, I know for some people it's going to probably sound a little bit woo-woo, but even for myself, I have a very logical science mind and I'm very, very practical. But yet still the proof that I've seen around elevating your vibration and noticing what you attract due to that is irrefutable and noticing like when I change my thoughts literally my my reality will actually change and it's easy to practice that kind of stuff too because you can do it like in fun ways and just start with like writing down what your money beliefs are and and then consciously choosing every time that you think well another big one actually is like I can't afford it Mm. you know people say I can't afford it I hear so many clients say that I'd love to sign up to your course. I just can't afford it right now. I'd love to do a one-on-one session with you. I just can't afford it right now. Yeah. And I mean, I even just got finished reading Rich Dad Poor Dad again because I love that book. And one of the first things he says in there is don't ever say I can't afford it. Yeah. Just say, how can I afford it? Yeah. Because if you think to yourself over and over every single day, I can't afford it and I'm broke. 
then what kind of reality are you going to create? If you keep thinking in your head, I'm so rich, I'm so abundant, I'm so grateful that I have so much money or I'm so grateful money flows to me so effortlessly, then what's going to start happening in your life? And it's like, what have you got to lose? Just playing with that. Yeah, you know? languaging is so, like such a big part of it and such a yes. big thing. And it's just, again, bringing that awareness into what language you're using. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, like on a physics level, it's, it's vibrational. Everything is. So when you align to that, obviously you're going to attract more of, of that. Like that's not something that we can bust anymore. Like that's been proven. It's that, that's true. Yes. Um, and you know, this work can be fun. It can be heavy. Yes. And for a long time, it is heavy. There's a lot of like shadow work and a lot to do, but it does get fun. And mm-hmm. you can just hold out to the fun part. Like it's so worth it um yeah I like I know it was heavy for me and I was always in and out in and out of things um and you get you get to that point where you just it's so hard it's like so much energy and then you now it's like it's fun and there's so many ways that you can make it fun the foundation I guess has been set um and also I just wanted to touch on you talking about charging you know what how to charge and what to charge and it's like Mm. I guess what we understand versus someone who's not in this space is I feel you don't pay for, you're not paying an hourly rate. You're paying for the experience, the, the, uh, the, the transmission, the energy, yes. and, you know, it goes, to, we've paid tens of thousands of dollars leading up to this moment to get us into a position so it's like you might not see that as someone who's a client or buying but that's what you're paying for you're paying for the experience you're paying for all of that around it not just the service or the however many many hours work and I think that's definitely something that people are becoming aware of and it's shifting Um, but you know yeah it's it's not about the hourly rate and it is a really strong tendency because we've been raised this way and you know we've worked in these the this model that we go okay well what can I charge and like it's mm-hmm. a lot of work to be done around that when you do ha- when you're an entrepreneur or you have your own business you have to bust that like you have to get rid of that mentality because it doesn't oh, work yeah <laughs> it just doesn't work um so hmm, my money stories same as you definitely the time is money um you have to work hard um also that there's like sacrifice to having a lot of money that I have to sacrifice my time or relationship oh yeah my mental health my well-being yeah um and I think another one that I've really worked through is needing to like have a degree or have a certification or have all of these things in order to then be paid a, a big amount of money um and whilst I not to discredit I think there is definitely a place for degrees and learning and all of that but it's not the be all and end all and so many people that I work with and look up to and are really successful don't have that it's because it's like it's intuitive business and it's when Mm -hmm. we're doing like our soul's work that that calling it's a remembering it's not an an obtaining of new knowledge it's it's uncovering and like unfolding of what we already know and that's what I think when something's calling to you, you have this resonance because it's already a part of you. It's not like you're learning something new. When I, like I'm studying like herbalism and astro herbalism and it's just like, I've cried listening to stuff because it's just a, such a deep resonance where I'm like, 
this makes so much sense. It just feels so, yes. so it, like it's like a remembering and yeah, like it's, it's just, it's not about degrees and certifications, um, which is mm. yeah, a really strong one for me that I've worked with. Um, yeah. Also, I, I think you mentioned it before about like saturated markets. Like you have to be super unique and super different. You can't mm. wording or languaging or anything that's similar because otherwise you can't, you know, there's not enough space for it, which I no longer believe because everyone's doing the same shit, but everyone has a different energy to it and a different way of yeah. kind of translating that. And so like it, it's it's not a thing. Saturated markets in any space is just not a thing. Um and probably the last one was about just I guess scarcity mindset like I have to mm. you know, hold it hold on to it because there's not enough it won't come back and it's funny because I had done so much work and I was really like reaping the benefits and then I stopped doing it oh yeah <laughs> classic <laughs> but I kept investing in myself and putting money out because I was trusting and then I hit this point where I was under my I guess, you know, comfort level of, of savings and which is, it's still like really high, but for me, mm. like what I had set and then everything crept back. It's like, oh, I can't spend this. I have to go without. And it just, it, it kind of shocked me because it's just like another layer of it. Um, mm. I realized, I think a little while ago now, I had this like upper limit of what I could invest or what I was willing to pay for. Mm-hmm or like invest in myself and I really really hard hard worked with that and I like tripled it um actually and then more like probably more like the first time I did it I was like well I guess I cleared that out um and then it just like catapulted but um yeah it definitely it's it's ongoing work it's you know you earn more you spend more and then there's bigger challenges there's bigger things that you have to work through like you get to a point and then you have to everything changes so you then have to like level up and like change your vibration again to then get like meet a higher version so it's not like yes. we can do it it's not a one-time thing and but yeah it was just funny I did so much and I was like yeah did so well like I so I've seen so much and like I've manifested all this stuff and then I just stopped um but yeah I'm back in it so so it's a good timing yes as well actually because I probably a week ago when we were talking about doing it I was I was really like in my shit and I was like not in a good place with my money stuff um and that shifted so now we're doing it so it works well (laughs) perfect it's cool actually because I just had such a really powerful week in business for me this week I mean you and I were voice messaging on Instagram Mm. literally the other day I messaged you and I said oh my gosh, is it just me or is this week? Like, what is happening with the planets? Like, I'm not very, this is the, this is one of the things with me is like, I love like all of the spiritual stuff, but like, I never know what's going on with the planets. Like I'm not there, but it was like a week where I was just like, every emotion felt amplified, you know, again, just like good, bad or neutral. And I was like at this point where I was just like, what is going on? And so I messaged you like, are you feeling this? And you were like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. And I just had such a week of like things shifting in me, but not even knowing what it was. Mm -hmm. 
and I just cried so much but didn't know what I was crying about yeah. side note I also had my bleed as well so obviously it could have contributed but I'm not really an emotional period person so yeah. um but then had such a massive week in my business like had a had yeah this client last minute booked me for a website had a another client come through and book me for a photo shoot and this will be my first ever paid photo shoot and I have like a three-month business plan I'm working on at the moment and I had scheduled photo shoots and photography to be in April and so it's like things are happening and then another client messaged me hi just wondering if I could pay out my payment plan for the course one of the courses that she's doing with me early and so just like all of these opportunities and money was just flowing at me but at the same time I was like spending like a good hour on my couch like bawling my eyes out heartbroken you know and I was just like oh my goodness human existence is uh-huh. very colorful mm. right but just allowing yourself to be in that and, and yeah again it comes back to that trust thing right of yeah. knowing that it's happening for you and through you and yeah it'll work out mm. Um, yeah, just feeling everything. So I guess what I said, something along the lines of like, it's the precipice of magnificence often feels that way or something. (laughs) I was was like, you need to quote that, (laughs) you need to write that. (laughs) I have a way with words sometimes. (laughs) Um, Mm. yeah, like about what's happening in your body, um, when you, you're spending money or when you're thinking about money, you know, I I started being super aware of it and it's like, you do feel an internal contraction, you know, when I would yep. spend not all money, but it's like there was a certain amount that when it would get to this, I would be like, oh, and I, you just do it and you just push through it. And I would find that when I was spending money, I would just want to like just quickly do it and get it out and just it's done. Um, it was like that, yep. just I don't want to deal with it, just, you know, that weird energy around it. And when I became, mm. you know, really aware of just when I would think about and pay attention to what was happening, I was like, what the actual fuck is this? um yeah like one thing I always laugh about because it doesn't make any sense well it does make sense but whenever I was going away so I say I had to book flights or I had to book accommodation so say one of these is already booked like it's happening but I have had so much resistance I would put it off and put it off and then I would finally do it and then end up paying more because I put it off but it's like I had such a resistance to spending big chunks of money um and it's like, I've talked previously about the, the relationship you have with money and um, analyzing that because it's like a possessive lover. You need to give them yeah. to come back and to, to grow and to flow. No one wants to be on a fucking tight leash. Like it, it doesn't no. work. You need to breathe that breathing space. And that's how I have definitely treated money in some ways. And so many people treat money like a possessive lover. Like money is energy. So stagnation is never good, but it needs to flow. It wants to be given and received, you know, and you can't just have all this money coming in and not letting it go out. It wants to circulate. Um, Mm. Yeah, it's just so important. It's so important. Something I've noticed in terms of like, I really resonate with you about the spending Mm. and I feel like maybe, I think it was about a year ago and I'm pretty sure I learned this from my mentor, the one that I signed up, you know, spent maxed out my credit card all the way so that I could do this course with her. 
And something that she said that I've implemented into my life is every time that you spend money, you want to say thank you. So whether you're spending cash or using your card, just mentally saying thank you. So I started doing that. And then I started just from that simple thing, remembering to, you know, and obviously at first I wouldn't do it all the time. Even now, sometimes I forget or I'll remember afterwards and I send like a little mental thank you to my card or to the machine that I pay past on. But I noticed that it really brought my awareness to how my body was feeling when I was spending money from spending little, you know, like $10 at Woolies or $5 on a coffee up to investing thousands of dollars into a course, just noticing the way that my body was responding. And I actually have like a new rule for myself that if I go to spend money, regardless of what the amount is or what it's for, or even if I'm not spending, maybe I might be investing or I might be gifting. If if I feel that any part of my body is not 100% online with that, if I'm contracted or if I'm having any kind of like scarcity thoughts, I actually won't continue the purchase or send the money at that point because I never ever want to send, like put money out with that energy because I believe that like, I read this really cool book last year. It's called Happy Money. I can't actually remember the name of the author, but he talks a lot about, the actual vibration that you put into the money that goes out again, regardless of whether it's cash or digital. And it's like, do you want to spend happy money? Do you want to receive happy money? Or do you want to receive resentful money? Like if I go and I spend $5 on a coffee, but I'm having scarcity thoughts and I'm thinking, oh, I can't really afford this. Oh, fuck. How am I going to pay my bills? Oh, shit. And then rent's due and blah. Fuck it. I'm just going to buy it anyway. Get a coffee. That money, that poor $5 has now gone back into the system with that energy attached to it. And the business that you've just spent that receives $5 worth of your shitty scarcity energy. Like, ew, don't do that. Yeah. Like for me, I'm just like, no, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to wait. And this happens to me sometimes where I'll just be in some kind of mood and mm-hmm. I'll go to pay rent or I'll go to pay my bills. And I just have a moment of like, Ugh. and I feel that contraction and I go, no, you know what? I'm literally going to pay rent a day late because yeah. I refuse to pay it if I'm in that, energy and it has literally I can see the difference with with like again with spending and also receiving money from clients it's like also now I'm so much more particular about who I work with because if somebody comes to me like I actually have a really good example I released a course a few weeks ago a wealth intensive and I was speaking to a you know a few different people were interested in doing it that were like speaking to me about it And there were two people I was speaking to and one was like, yes, it sounds amazing. All right. I just need to look at, look at my finances and, and work out what the best idea. The other person said to me, oh, I hope this is worth my money. I hope this is worth my investment. Like I hope this works. Mm. And I was just like, wow, no, I'm not working with you. Even if you want to work with me, like that's a no for me. I don't want that energy. I would rather not get that amount of money from you like no and so I was like no I just actually no sorry you're not my ideal client I don't want to work with you and then this other person came back and was like yeah and this is the person who's now like oh can I pay out my payment plan early because like yeah I just feel really inspired to like not be in debt and I'm just like see it's just like a testament to this whole thing like that energy like ew don't say oh I hope this is worth my investment to somebody that you 
are going to invest into to literally work on your wealth shit like obviously that's some shit that that person needs to work yeah. on but like yeah and you know it only triggers me because that was past me where I would invest in a course oh, I hope this works oh, this is the last of my money you know like um yeah so just being being mindful and something else that you, you were talking about like relating to money as though it was you know a lover or a partner and I mean I could do a whole episode with you just on this alone but I'll say one thing that was really powerful that I'd say to my clients is write a letter to money or to wealth as though they're a maybe say it's like an ex or even it could be a current partner that you've been having some trouble with you're trying to sort it out and in that letter write dear money I'm sorry for all of the times that I blah 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 and get really honest with yourself I'm sorry for all of the times that I mistreated you or that I had nasty energy or that I was like oh fuck I just wish I had more money right now so sick of money I wish money didn't exist in the world whatever it was and then also in that letter right I'm so grateful for all of the times that you blah 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 I'm so grateful for all of the times that you paid my rent money and allowed me to live in this house I'm so grateful for all of the times that you put food on my table etc and that is so healing and so illuminating just writing a simple letter to money seems so simple but it's powerful so funny because I have like a little poster about um which I want to get into in a second about like Mm. and tips um you know that we had which we've kind of like littered throughout this conversation so far but I don't I don't know what it was I was like oh I forgot about you know how I write money letters like love letters to money and apologize to money (laughs) and then you said it so I love that Mm. (laughs) yeah yes um yeah it's crazy hey my babes so apologies for the somewhat abrupt stop as i did mention this episode is being split into two parts and i'm not really sure how to make it more audio friendly cutting an episode in half so it is what it is i hope that you have enjoyed this episode so far And if you're hearing this, I assume you have because you've made it this far. There is so much more epicness to come in part two, which will come out shortly. So I just want to say thank you for listening. I love you and I will catch you really soon. Well, that's a wrap, my loves. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Stick with me for more epic chats to remind you that you are powerful as fuck and have the capacity to create everything you desire. So to continue quantum leaping into your evolution with me, stay focused, stay magical and tune in next week.